Well, hello everybody, uh, Paul, and in this context, an alcoholic. So today we're going to do step 12 or go over it. Again, this is just uh, how I'm seeing it today, a reflection of a, on this 12 steps by a member of recovery. So step 12 is sort uh, let's go to step 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in our affairs. So basically, I think the idea of the spiritual awakening or the person or the psychic change or the personality shift, in my view, is just a, a moving of interest and attention from self to the fight to the infinite. That infinite can be whatever you understand or don't understand or whatever it understands of itself. But it's, it's a movement in a way. And I think they describe it way, well in the fear inventory. It says perhaps there's a better way, trusting something infinite or having faith in something infinite rather than finite self. So the idea of uh, having faith in something interest uh, infinite really is more predicated on losing faith in the finite self because you can have faith in the finite self and then try to have faith in the infinite but that's just more faith in the finite self in my experience so that's catch that's caught in the big net of self can't get out of self so the program the and the working steps four through nine has brought us to uh, has moved us away from that obsession with self to uh, of relying on a higher power. And that to me is represented by the spiritual awakening. So the, it's not like the spirit awakes, it's already awake, but there's a spiritual awakening really based on a mental diminishing. So in my take, so the mental diminishing occurs and then there's a spiritual awakening. Uh, yeah, so that's step 12. And then it goes, the whole chapter of working with others is about step 12. And one of the things I learned earlier on in the first few years of recovery was, if you can't practice these principles, that each step has a principle involved with it. If you can't uh, practice these principles in all your affairs, then limit your affairs for a period of time. Yeah, so that to me is, is just like the skillful means of early sobriety. If you know something jackpots you, then try to stay away from it. It's pretty simple. All right, and then we're going to uh, help other people achieve sobriety. And so the main drive of step 12, obviously, is rooted in the service, the service of others. Because in that way, they talk about it in the sexual inventory. If you're having a lot of trouble in the sexual uh, uh, arena, you know, with resentments and all that stuff, uh, the best way to get some immediate relief is to help others, yeah? to get out of oneself through service. So service is really one of the main, it's obviously the, the three parts of the triangle, recovery, unity, and service. The service isn't really an option, it's essential, because if the disease is uh, experienced as an extreme obsession with self, then we have to sort of get out of that obsession, or we have to uh, have something draw the interest and attention from that object, that mental object of self, 
to something else outside, other people, nature, whatever. And because the, the orbit is sort of fixed, we're orbiting around Paul and or whatever's, whatever self is called in your situation, David or whatever. And there's a, a strong ring, so to speak, around this object, this mental fixation. And you see it in AA meetings. AA meetings are really, in my sense, a manipulated pause. They allow the interest attention to be pulled out of that orbit and be put on the other speaker and stuff. And then we get, a, we make, at that point, we're availed to that thing that stated in tradition too, a loving God expressing itself through our group conscience or a loving power. So you are now available to that instead of being only available to the self. So, and that manipulated pause is just flexing a new muscle of the possibility that this interest and attention doesn't have to dwell on me all day. It can be taken, it can go other places, which will be much more enriching to me than the obsession with me is, yeah? So the idea of, of passing the, the message on and carrying the message, not the messenger or whatever, uh, is the lifeblood of AA. And it's really a beautiful system because in AA, I need to hear the message and you need to carry the message. And then another day, I need to carry the message and you, you need to hear the message. So it's a very symbiotic, almost like electromagnetism. It just feeds on itself. So we don't have any doctors and stuff like that in AA. It's patient to patient. There's a and that, that might be the greatest expert of all time because it's not them, it's something using them to move through. So I've heard some incredible stuff from a person it, you know, with just one day, but the dilemma is, let's say they're there to ask for help and they're an expert at asking for help, but they haven't gotten to the point of receiving yet. Suggestions, take suggestions. So the resistance to the program, obviously the, the, is the disease. The disease doesn't want you to be a part of. It doesn't want you to enter we. It doesn't want you. It likes you isolated and it likes to keep bringing you either to a fuck it now or a future fuck it or just dwelling on a past fuck it. Because when you're in that state of fuck it, you're apt to do almost anything and it directs those any things you're going to do. Yeah. The disease now tells you it makes a lot of sense to get loaded after 20 years of sobriety, stuff like that. And we don't have a mental defense against it in most cases, unless we're in that spiritual condition. And if you're not a spiritual condition, then your maintenance, maintenance of a spiritual condition can go down quite easily. The beautiful thing of the spiritual awakening is you awaken to your real nature, which is of spirit. It's not of mental and physical. Yeah. And once you're awakened to that, it's obvious you've always been awake as that. Yeah. I mean, it's never not been there. So, uh, so in my sense, my idea of a higher power evolved around along the way. And it got to, you know, I haven't understood my, I've turned this will and this life over to, I made a decision to turn it over to the care of a higher power of its own understanding. I don't want my understanding. I want its understanding. 
and that its understanding how it's downloaded to me is that it's always available at all times with no requirement necessary to meet it and any conditions and requirements are on my side so those are the old ideas that need to be abandoned the old ideas that this has to be a youth sacrifice that this got to I, I don't see it that way. ICAA is the easiest, softer way, basically. And the idea of leap, a leap of faith, there is no leap of faith in AA. AA produces the goods. You observe it works. The leap of faith is every day believing the thought system that has failed us miserably to keep relying on that GPS that has directed our lives for years. And we ended up in these situations based on that GPS. To me, that's a constant leap of faith because there's no reason to have faith in it. It's a, it's a failed system. There's no, I don't need a leap of faith in AA. All I gotta do is be open-minded, honest and willing, and I'll see something's working. That something's doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. So step 12, you know, so we've had the spirits awakening, so to speak. Now the point is, is to have that maintained so that the mental state, the emotional state, doesn't override the spiritual state, yeah? Doesn't get demand too much attention or interest. So some people realize, I got to go to at least three meetings a week, yeah? That's their idea. If they don't go to three meetings a week, they feel a little edge start happening again. It's a simple maintenance. So then you go more than three meetings a week. Yeah. Maybe you need a commitment to stay plugged in. You don't have to have eight commitments. You get one commitment or two commitments. Yeah. And you believe in the spirit of rotation. You don't stay there. You can pass it on. I don't want to be a secretary of a meeting right now. I'd rather have a new person be a secretary because they're going to get so much out of that six month commitment. They're going to have so much, uh, honoring and respect for AA probably after those six months. I've had that already. It's time for the, those people to have the positions, yeah? And so the 12 steps. So I wanted to read some of the stuff that caught my attention today. So the first paragraph on page 89, it says practical experience. So what's that? Observation. We have observed experience. Shows that nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics that's the observation yeah so if you feel like you're really screwed feel about someone else being really screwed yeah and you'll be less screwed in a way so it works when other activities fail this is our 12th suggestion carry this message to to other alcoholics you can help when no one else can you can secure their confidence when others fail. Remember, they are very ill. Yeah? And remember, we're very ill. So then it goes here. The main thing is that he or she be willing to believe in a power greater than, them, than himself and that he lives by spiritual principles. So basically, the principles that are brought to us by the way of life called Alcoholics Anonymous, yeah? Then he has another one. I'm just going over these because I saw them today. Be certain he will be well, oh, it's about, I'm a real believer that sometimes uh, we do a disservice to people if we try to save them from their bottoms, yeah? I truly believe 
see, so many people tried to help me when I was out there, and I had no respect for them I, because I thought they should have just put a big foot up my ass. Yeah, because all they were doing, I was feeding off of their enabling me, and it just continued putting off or suspending that that moment of recognizing a bottom by moving up from it. Yeah, so I'm a real believer of uh, letting people have their bottoms. Yeah, because to me, there's got to be a convincing, and sometimes the harder way is the way we get convinced. Yeah, because we need that state concerning the first step of being convinced that we're not managerial quality and we're powerless over these substances. If we don't have that, they're gonna have us, yeah? So, so here he goes. Uh, you will be making it possible for this person, for him to be insincere. You may be aiding in his destruction rather than his recovery, yeah? Then he goes, on page 97, we seldom allow an alcoholic to live in our house for long at a time. <laughs> and I could add a few more. Don't sell him a car. <laughs> Don't let him borrow your car. <laughs> if you're lending him money, realize you're giving him money. <laughs> and things will work out well. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps he is sick, and it's just, it's untreated alcoholism. So we seldom allow an alcoholic to live in our house for long at a time. It is not good for him, and it sometimes creates serious complications in the family. Then it goes, it is not a matter of giving that is in question, but when and how to give. That's exactly it. And I think we make a lot of mistakes, and they're not mistakes because we learn from them. And then you start feeling into things as you, stay, as you stay in the program. You start feeling into things and then you allow that intuitive thought about that person to override your thoughts about the person, yeah? And stuff like that. And it goes, burn the idea into the consciousness of every man and woman that he can get well regardless of anyone. Hmm. And then there's the last, there's another one here on page 102. Your job now is to be at the place where you may be of maximum helpfulness to others. That's basically the agenda, yeah? To be of maximum help to others and basically it to yourself because by being of help to others, you're of help to yourself, yeah? And then at the end, it says the bottom of page 103. This I disagree with a little bit. It says, after all, our problems were of our own making. Bottles were only a symbol. Besides, we have stopped fighting anybody or anything. We have to. After all, our problems were of our own making. I don't believe that. I believe something has taken us over, has taken over, if you want to use, look at yourself as a factory, and it's producing the products it wants in our, through our facilities. And I don't believe you're gonna be free from the bondage of self if there's an identification as self. So I really have a feeling, it's really been helpful to me to see alcoholism as other. It's not a way of getting out of the responsibilities because you're accountable for what's happened through you. 
but I do, do not believe I'm responsible for it. I believe something took me over and used me as a form of expression and transportation. And I came to that recognition by seeing how many different people end up at the three same parking spaces of institution, jails, and death. I really believe there's one driver of everyone who has recognized that they're an alcoholic or an addict there's been one driver of all of us, and that's the disease of self. Yeah. So I think that's about it. You know, I think if you read that, that chapter, working with others, that, that encompasses step 12, gives us a lot of advice of maybe it's how to do 12-step uh, calls, which you should always do with another person. And I can give you some examples of what happened when I didn't follow that. And uh, yeah, so this would be the last one I speak of. Of course, I don't do it enough justice, but we're here just for a short time. And that's how I see it today. So Dave, if you want to open it up. Well, thank you very much. So um, there's no questions as yet, but if you want to ask a question, you can wave at the screen or, um, okay, Michael Stacy, straight in. So Michael, you're unmuted, mate, off you go. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much, Paul. My name is Michael. I'm a real alcoholic. Paul, I had a question about um, with the last part, like when, when you say we're uh, identified as the problem, um, what are your thoughts on introducing yourself as a recovered alcoholic rather than as an alcoholic? As in the, um, in the confines of the big book where it says the very first promise is that we have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Oh. Yeah. You know, you can work, use whatever works for you. There's a nice one, which is, you know, I'm a grateful member of AA. Yeah. Cool. Yes. But yeah, I'm a believer in that. Uh, the, the important part of that forward statement is that we are 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. I think the key word there is seemingly. Because if you look up the definition, one of the, the definitions is it's appearing to be true or false to us. That's basically the case. When you're in, when you're in recovery, that condition that was seemingly hopeless is not seen that way anymore. There's hope and there's possibility. So basically the seemingly is, is the key and it shows how much everything depends on us really because you know, like we say here around where I live, uh, if someone's ready, you can't say anything wrong. And if someone's not ready, you can't say anything right. Yeah. It's always predicated on the patient. Yeah. This is a, per this is a perfect program in a way, but without interest or willingness concerning it, it's not going to produce any effects. So again, it's always based on us in a weird way. And if that us is the disease, it's gonna severely limit the possibilities we can entertain through recovery. Yeah, because we won't be recovering from the disease of alcoholism, which is the identification of self in my view. Yeah, so right. I like the idea of recovered, grateful member, uh, yeah. I like that statement on page 84, you know, the problem will not exist for us. Yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's an incredible condition to be in. 
after the condition of active addiction and alcoholism, you know, ran roughshod in my life for so many years, I have been more years in that experience of alcoholism, of the problem doesn't exist for me than the act of alcoholism at this point, yeah? My usage isn't as long as my relief from it, yeah? In mm-hmm. this little life, yeah? So basically the dominant experience I have with alcoholism is the problem doesn't exist for me anymore. That's fucking great <laughs> to me. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess I was ready to hear your message because I, I, I haven't heard you say anything wrong yet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've been listening long enough. Yeah. Well, done, well done, mate. Yeah. Thank you. Um, just before we go on, just wanted to say that um, the, while this is step 12, we're not finishing. So Paul and, and us, we've sort of had an agreement. So Paul's going to continue to to do this every Tuesday and Thursday. Um, and he's going to pick a topic. So it will be potluck, I think. But it's when, what he feels strongly about. But I think also other people, let's see if other people want to pick a topic. And we can all get into awesome. uh, Great. Yeah, I, like to, I think next week a vision for you would be good. Yeah, let's crack on. Brilliant. Yeah. All right. So you heard it here first, everyone. That's that's straight from the horse's mouth. So next, starting Tuesday. Yeah, good one. So um, next one anyway. Question is from G. Over to you, mate. Back again. Yeah. Thanks, David. Good to see you again, Paul. Uh, I'll quickly, I think a good topic uh, would be resentment as well because I've been feeling resentful today. I don't know why. Uh, oh, like you said, past. My head keeps pulling up the past again. It's just mad. But um, my question to do with spiritual awakening, Paul, do you, do you think if people, a lot of people come into AA and uh, in my in-person meetings, they're dead against doing steps. They're like, oh, I don't need to do steps. Oh, I've been sober like 12 years, no need for steps. Um, do you think uh, a spiritual awakening can happen as a result of not even doing steps? Uh I would say maybe a spiritual waking can happen, but it'll be forgotten quickly without a, without a way of life to extend it, yeah. Mm. That's my experience with it, yeah. I think a lot of times we, we're, we have a moment of that turning point, but it's missed in a way because of the, the strength of the disease, yeah. We, as an action figure, you know, it's sort of like somebody, let's say somebody with diabetes, yes, woke up. Would that person stop taking insulin? Hmm. Let's say a diabetic wakes up spiritually. Would that mean he's not going to take insulin anymore? Hmm. Yeah. His yeah. body has a problem. Hmm. Well, we have the brain-body problem of alcoholism. Yeah, it's not a spiritual malady. It's a physical, mental malady. Yeah, mm. and we have it. The spiritual awakening doesn't take that away. It just limits its potential severely. Yeah, so the alcoholism is is pregnantly there, but it's been muted. Yeah, mm. without that muting, it's going to get loud probably again for a real addict and a real alcoholic. I've seen a lot of people try to switch from AA to Buddhism and stuff, and they end up a drunk Buddhist in a lot of ways. Yeah. Mm. Because this is not a disease. It's not a spiritual disease. It's a brain physical disease. Yeah. Mm. The brain is interpreting life to us as a body. 
and it's extremely self-centered interpretation. And it produces an irritability and a restlessness and discontent that demands fucking relief, yeah? It would, it would be great if it demanded investigation, but it usually doesn't. But it demands an action to get relief, yeah? And we're outmatched. That's the point. The dilemma is powerlessness, yeah? We have crossed the line or we started after that line that we have no mental defense against the first drink. And being identified as the brain and the body, that's the only defense we have is a mental one, yeah? Or being incarcerated or institutionalized. So that's a physical plus mental one, yeah? So I was put away for two years and three months, a two-year program and a three-month program. And the patient did well in those situations. But as soon as I was released, it went back again. Yeah? Mm. So, yeah, I feel everyone is inherently spiritually awake. You just don't think so. Yeah? Because something has demanded so much interest and intention. It's sort of like, uh, you know, if you had a garden and one plant got all the water, and all the light, the others would seem to suffer, yeah? Mm. Yes, yeah, so this is what's happening. We're really up the ass of self, and basically to the point we're really looking for divine proctologists. We're trying to get pulled out of that self, but nothing seems to stabilize. It keeps running back up, yeah? Mm. We need yeah. a way of life. We need a way of life. We can't have a divine proctologist on call every day. Yeah, that's what they're trying to do on these very high-end uh, rehabs. They're trying to have people watch them. It's like this. You know, I, <laughs> one of these guy, one of these big rehabs was building a new one. You know, in, in Thailand, and they called me. Some guy. It was such a weird situation. They wanted me a program director. I said, I'm not directing anything. Yeah, you know? but I said, I'll give you. You know, we talked, and so they were saying, well. I said, you gotta emphasize service, yeah? So they go, well, what should we do? Should we take like a individual patient composite and fit our service around them? I said, no fucking way, put them in service, yeah? You know what I mean? Mm. Some of this new, some of the new way it's being addressed through money is to try to fit the program around the person when you put, you put the person into the program. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, yes, I feel like what's going to allow a spiritual awakening to demonstrate and express here is a way of life. Yeah. To keep at bay that which would obscure it. Yeah. And I'm telling you, the mental state's cunning, powerful, and shit like that. And without a way of life, without GOD rails to keep it out it's gonna cloud a huge spiritual awakening like that. Mm. Yeah, so the thing is, is how to, how to continue to quote unquote, in a present tense way, have the spiritual awakening, yeah? Mm. Not as if it was a result in 1988, but now. Mm. Are you having a spiritual awakening right now? That's what AA allows, yeah? Mm. It allows that possibility to stabilize that you're living from a spiritual awakening, not trying to have a spiritual awakening. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I've had it. I, 
I swear to God, I got struck sober. Yep. Incredible experience. I'll just share it with you quickly. Yeah. I ended up, and you know, when you come out of a blackout, it's sort of like you parachuted into the moment. Yeah. You have no idea. You're like behind enemy lines. You're trying to figure out what the fuck's going on because you don't have any memory. They've seen you as Paul the whole time, but you just dropped in. And there I was in a trailer park sitting sitting in front of another guy who I didn't know. And we were drinking a cheap vodka called Royal Gate Vodka. And I looked at him and I said this, and he had a big head and a varicose veins on his face and everything, big nose. And I said to myself, this guy's a bum, you know? And lo and behold, I saw him looking at me like I was a bum in a way. And that was the moment something happened. There was like an avalanche behind me. And that which was always there was revealed. And what was revealed is I'm fucked. Yeah. (laughs) Just clearly. Just like a CNN news flash, just a headline, I'm screwed. Yeah. Now, I knew I had been screwed. Everyone who knew me knew I was screwed. But for some miracle of denial, I was living as if I wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Which took a lot of effort to keep away that idea away from me. Then immediately under that was, and I'm not managerial quality. Yeah. (laughs) It's very clear. Whatever was directing my life is a failed system. Yeah. And so from that point on, if if I the next day, the net no, that night, that night, I ended up in an AA meeting because a lady saved me once again. I try to talk the last the last hurrah of the, the act of disease. She drove up to help me, took her two hours to get up to where I was. I, at that, in those two hours, I had, my alcoholism had recovered, alcoholism, and it got in the car, but it was confronted with a situation that many of us are confronted with near the end, which is I have no money. Yeah. So I have to convince other people to do what I want. And I hadn't been doing that well in that endeavor. So I tried to talk her into, let's get some beer. Yeah. Get some uh, cocaine, get the dirty magazine rent hotel room yeah now she had followed that equation with me many times had it been that satisfying for her so she said no she says you gotta go to an aa meeting if you want a place to stay tonight which i did and she brought me to my first meeting march 21st 1988 a men's meeting dropped me off there yeah and i've been clean and sober ever since now if that wouldn't have happened that surrender that whatever it was would have been forgotten in a day or two. Mm. Yeah. But the surrender opened me up to a a way of life was introduced to me that was going to allow that surrender to turn into surrendered and become the basis of a sober life for 32 years without that AA, without that way of life. If that was Monday, it would have been forgotten by Wednesday. Mm. It wouldn't have had any oomph. Yeah. Mm. The, power, the problem is powerlessness. Yeah. Mm. So AA is sort of like, you know, plugging you, you into a, a battery source that can get recharged every day through service, through recovery, through unity. Yes. Yeah. And then you are, and then in a sense, you're having 
a present tense spiritual awakening. Mm. Now, yeah. Right now, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, not that you're gonna have, you are. Yes, exactly. Mm. Yeah. All right, that's good. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah, thank you. Good on you, G. Good to see you again, mate. Okay, so Luke T from Birmingham. Here you go, mate. Oh yeah, hi Paul. Um, thanks once again. You know, it's uh, it's it, I get a lot from from these discussions. I just wanted to ask a question more in general about working with others. Uh, now I've noticed with yourself, it's it's something that that I, that I do as well. That you're happy to kind of riff on the um, philosophy of this stuff, and you know, I've been criticised before for this kind of thing where people have said. You know, look at working with others, the chapter, it's got to be done chapter and verse like that. Uh, fair enough, there's some great guidelines there and I do, I do, you know, see your man alone and, and all of those kind of things. But um, I also like to bring in stuff like you do uh, with, with non-duality and, uh, and other aspects of, of philosophy and, and um, spirituality. And uh, it's been a real revelation to watch, to watch you do that. Um, but I, I do receive some criticism for it, and I was wondering what, what your thoughts were on that. Uh, yeah, well, you can understand the criticism because AA has brought so much relief to so many people. Yeah. Yeah, they start, there's a possessiveness around it in a way, and they don't, maybe from their view, they don't want to have anything that will confuse the newcomer or something. They take his ball, take his eye off the ball, which is a justified uh, thing. But then again, who's running the show? Yeah. <laughs> who's going to say when a person's ready or not ready to hear anything? Yeah. Yeah. So, and I find in a way our own community falls under that statement contempt prior to investigation a lot. Yeah. Cause I've had, uh, I will share, let's say in an AA context, people will love it. And then they say, how can I get more of that? And I tell them, well, go to Zen bitch slap and I never hear from them again, but it's exactly the same thing I'm saying, but it's one, it's, it's boxed in recovery. That's susceptible. If it's boxed in another box, it's not acceptable. Yeah. So I find that, uh, there can be contempt prior to investigation. And the thing is after a while, you know, when I was first, this stuff started to happen to me, I was, you know, obviously I was gung ho. It was like seeing a great movie. I wanted to share it with others and then I could see their reactions to it. Uh, which actually motivated me to do the website because I figure there's got to be some members in recovery around the world that will find this of value. Yeah. <laughs> Basically that's what motivated it because I had been characterized, uh, characterized in my own community as non self Paul, Buddha Paul, fourth step Paul, <laughs> which is no one was hearing anything from me anymore. <laughs> so, so, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> whatever, yeah. So I think at the bottom line is what you are is going to speak a lot louder than what you say. So, yes, 
Yeah, that's the real attraction. Whatever's helped bring that out to me has value, yeah? Buddhism, whatever it may be. Yes, doing work with others, whatever. But really that the attractiveness is that, uh, that quality, yeah? So I don't try to bring non-duality into any AA meetings, <laughs> usually. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's all this stuff is you just learn as you go, yes? Yes, but uh, if you read A Vision for You, that's why I was wanting to read it a little bit. It talks about uh, this idea that something is going to, uh, this power is going to constantly, oh yeah, God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Yes, that to me is in a way my motto concerning life in recovery. Yeah. Some power is always revealing constantly more to us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I hope that helped, whatever. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then the thing is, we're talking, we're talking not as a replacement of all this. We're taking it, I'm taking it as a given that we have, we are, established in all this of AA, of service, of this, of recovery, of unity. And then this is sort of like uh, allowing more light on that surface, but the surface is necessary, yeah? The basic externals of recovery are necessary. We're taking that, that opportunity to expand and, and riff on other possibilities with that basis. It's not a replacement for the basis, yeah? It's like, a, an accent or uh, adding on to it. See, what some of these ideas, see, AA is a path to illumination, yeah? These ideas, I hope, will illuminate the path more. Yeah. Yes, but the AA is the path of illumination, but these ideas will illuminate that path more. Yes, yes. You can get to the exact nature of the wrong, if maybe you see that it's the act of being identified as self. Yeah. To me, that rang true and it has rung true for years that that's the root of the problem is the act of being identified as a mental image, really. That's what it was revealed and uh, it hasn't changed in many, many, many years. Yeah. So it's actually become the last answer for me. Yeah concerning recovery. The exact nature of the wrong, in my humble view right now, is the mental state that has a lot of interest and attention, given it, yeah, is in the act of being identified as a thing. Yeah. It's remembered as a thing. It's worried about as a thing. It's thinking it's a thing all day. Yeah. How is that thing going to become spiritual? It's presupposed to be a thing. How is a thing going to become a non-thing? Let's start with the non-thing is first, and then there's the appearance of the thing. There's not a thing and then the appearance of non-thing. It's non-thing and the appearance of a thing. Let's put the horse in front of the cart and see if it works better for you. For me, it did. Yeah? I'm, 
this thing is going to have to have not just the maintenance plan to keep that spirit's condition in place. It's going to have to have a 24-hour surveillance of how it's doing because it's in the constant anxiety. The physical and mental is going to override it. Yeah? Because we're identified as the physical and mental. So the spirit is taking itself to be a body and, a, and an idea of the mental state. Yeah? So there's a fear. Spirituality provokes no, no fear. Spirit doesn't provoke any fear. Being spiritual as a physical mental thing seems to provoke a lot of anxiety. But spirit doesn't. Spirit brings an ease and comfort. It, it brings a chilling out. Yeah? The recognition that which you need to rely on is available at all times, wherever you are, with no requirement necessary, has a very, very chilling effect. Yeah? You can relax. And what gets revealed to you? Maybe what gets revealed to you is you don't need to get into the moment. You've never been out of a moment. Yeah? As spirit, you have never been out of any moment. Yeah? So what happens? You look like you're in the moment without any effort and or thought to get into the moment because you've realized you can't be out of it. That's the realization, yeah? And the same thing with self, you realize you are not a self, yeah? When self tries to realize it's not a self, that self can't get out of self. It's just more fucking convolution. But if you see you're not that, that's a freedom from the bondage of self, really. Yeah. So if you, if I don't believe that that's going to, uh, <laughs> I just, yeah, whatever. I value what's come through this little action figure with great honor because it's produced a relief beyond my own understanding. Yes. Yeah. And people's criticism of me isn't going to shut me up, tell you the truth, because <laughs> I don't want what they have, a lot of them. I don't. Yeah. I don't want what they have. I don't want to have to be on God every second of the day in my 32nd year of sobriety. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to be having to write down all my resentments and fears all day. I want to have a lack of resentment and fears by that time. Yeah. I don't want to be a great manager of the disease, I want to have freedom from the disease. I don't want to have every skillful means at, in my little tool belt. I don't want to have to wear the tool belt. If I grew into the conditions that are causing me such irritability, restlessness, and discontent, which is implied in the program, then I can outgrow it. Yes, outgrow it. Not fucking learn how to live with it. I don't want to learn how to live in slavery. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to walk around with a notebook writing every possible fear I have all day and turning it over. I want to outgrow fear. What's, what's causing the conditions for fear to thrive in? It's reliance on self. The one who thinks that you have the fear is the cause of the fear the fear is being generated do you have we talked about the other day is there like in the wild is there three hundred and fifty thousand resentments you know with five made species 
And then in, in you know, domesticated, we have 50,000 resentments at some mental zoos. No, there's no thing called a resentment. It's the way of seeing things, yes? It's our eyes. How we're viewing things are producing these effects. Change how you view things and you'll change the effects. That was the whole point I would imagine of Chuck C's, uh, you know, a new pair of glasses, man. Yeah. AA is like a new pair of glasses to correct the old pair of glasses. But you want to have the hope of taking both pairs off and then see. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why we don't, you know, yes, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it's okay. so simple to me. It's so simple to me. I don't have these tons of different ideas. It's something worked. Something uses me to express it. And there, there you go. It's simple. Yeah. <laughs> I know there's, I know there's alcoholics and drug addicts seemingly of my type that are going to find great value in these possibilities with the basis of recovery in place, not as, an, as a substitute, but as, let's say, an amplifier of the possibilities recovery affords us. Let's say an amplifier to the ability of being able to enjoy peace of mind far out. Yeah, yeah. To understand serenity and no peace far out. Yeah, to have the sense of the problem doesn't exist for you anymore far out. Yeah. I think that makes you of maximum use of to others. I do. I think the most attractive thing is freedom, tell you the truth. Yeah. As a slave, I love to see someone who was once a slave and is not a slave anymore. I don't want to see the capo of capos of slaves. I could care less. I want to see the one that's not enslaved anymore. That's attractive. Yeah. And how are we going to uh, seemingly afford us of that possibility if we don't know the exact nature of the wrong? If we keep mistaking it for something else, then you're going to have that real relief isn't going to really show up. And you'll know that you're not on the money by the lack of the money, really. Yeah. The solutions affects tell our relief from the problem. That's it. Based on the relief and the state and the stability of that relief, you're on to something, really. That's why that's how I see it. I came to this not because I, I, I believed it was so, it was revealed to be the way it is. The way I see it was revealed. It wasn't, I didn't come up with this idea. I saw it. Yeah, I saw the bondage of self. I saw it as the mental activity, as the memories, picturing you as a body all freaking day, and your worries about you, yourself as a body in the future. That's the bondage of self. Yeah. How is something that's taken to be a thing, how is that going to realize its spirit? It's not. You just realize you're not a thing. And then you find out your spirit. Yeah. Yeah. If people have criticism of that, that's far out, you know. I don't care. 
<laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, I'm just being put to use. Yeah. Yeah. However it's used over there is however it's going to be used. But I am impelled and compelled to share. Yeah. I would think it's quite joyous to hear new possibilities. I would, especially if the old possibilities don't seem to be really working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's, there, there can be loyalty to a product that could go to a fault, yes? <laughs> Those Nikes may have been helpful years ago. I don't want to wear Nike shirts the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, is that all right? Yeah. That was amazing. Thank you very much. Um, so, next up is Sean. Over to you, mate. Thanks. Uh, yeah, it's been great listening there, Paul. Yeah. Sean, uh, yes. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, it's been I great listening, Paul. Um, it's my first time tuning in, and uh, yeah, I've got a lot from it. But I was just wanted to ask, you know, I just finished the steps with my sponsor. I've been sober, clean and sober day at a time about uh, two and a half years. Uh, so I'm just going through with my sponsor and uh, a friend of mine who's about six months sober has asked me to be his sponsor and I've accepted. Uh, so I'll be going through the steps with him shortly. Um, now, this guy, I would have been friends with him. I would have drank and used with him. Uh, and he's gone into recovery you now like uh, a bit later than me. So I'm just wondering, is there any pitfalls I need to be watching out for this relationship? Because obviously the dynamic has changed now from sort of still being friends, but now it's a sponsor-sponsoree kind of a, an arrangement, you know? Is there any pitfalls yeah. I need to watch out for like uh, going forward? Because I want him to see me as someone that he can confide in and not just kind of be one of the lads where he's got the ego and the pride that, that's there at the start of start every recovery, recovering addict or, or alcoholic, you know? So just is there any pitfalls or, or any entity you might have to comment on that? be appreciated. Uh, well, in my experience, sometimes like there's a, a man that I work with now. Yeah. We both have time, but sometimes when I'm speaking to him, I'm speaking to him as a friend and then it's got to switch over to as a sponsor because the sponsor being a sponsor has a responsibility. Yeah. That the friend doesn't have. So when the friend's there, I can listen to him and try to be supportive. But when I see what he's saying, I've got to bring about, hey, what step does this have to do with? Yeah, maybe this feeling that uh, you're not going to, it's not going to pan out is based on uh, the third step. Yeah, there's not a reliance on that power or you would be seeing it differently. Yes. So that's the trick in a way. And I don't want the, spons the sponsorship to be withheld because I'm a friend. Yeah. And so the thing is, you'll see if it works. And if you if you give him the suggestions and he takes them, then give him more suggestions all coming from the big book. Yeah. And that to me is the verb of sponsoring. Yeah. But I know in my own experience, that's I've had to be clear about that with people who become friends, because it's sort of like, all right, now I'm going to talk to you as a sponsor. <laughs> because now I've heard you 
for 30 minutes. And now I'm going to say, well, there's an AA answer. So go home and write about it and then call me up. Yeah. Because I want to see the solution. I want to see the problem from the AA solution, not your solution. Yeah. Which tends use, tends to take a lot of time talking. <laughs> so just have them do a 10 step or whatever. Then he can call me up. We look at it in the AA way, and then he can share it with me like a friend, the, the narrative, the story. Yeah. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Yeah. Just, uh, there's plenty of people that are willing to be sponsors and stuff. Yeah. Oh, he's on mute right now. So you're unmuted there. Speak up, Sean. Say it again, mate. Yeah, I know. That's great. Very helpful. Yeah. I, I, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's something yesterday. I know he rang me about it was a step 10 thing and I looked at it from the point of view of a sponsor. We looked at it and saw if the solution was we were doing one, two and three and that. So, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But I, he's keen and he is keen to learn. Like, so yeah, it's going well so far. But uh, no, I appreciate, appreciate the, the input there. Thanks. Well, it's also great, the idea of when you work with people, bring this people, you know, work with people going through the steps, you get a whole different view of the steps, which is great. Yes. The same thing with the fifth step. It's such a, it's really a gift to be able to hear fifth steps. Yeah, because then you get to see the uh, shared uh, traits of alcoholism. Yeah. So while they're, while they're doing their fifth step, you're doing one in a sense. Yeah. And always bring in that power into all the, sponsoring yeah make sure it's not just you and him working together it's like a triangle it's you him and a power working together yeah that's yeah. that's essential because it's easy to have this thing turn into a self-help program yeah. when it's a reliance mm. on a higher power program mm. yeah yeah higher power essential yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah yeah all right bro. thanks thanks sean Okay, um, so Christian next, and, and then I'm going to ask a question after Christian, but here's Christian. Over to you, mate. Hey, Paul, it's Christian. How are you? Christian. <laughs> so I'm, I'm noticing a dilemma. You. Pardon? I'm trying to find your, uh, there you are. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so I'm just noticing a dilemma since we're not meeting face-to-face um, -face in all these Zoom meetings. And, and what that is, it's sort of a, you know, you don't see the person who shows up for two weeks in a row, raises their hand, and then disappears after on the third week. You know, you don't see that person who sort of mills around the front of the club and then, you know, bolts, right, because the meeting's starting and they don't really know how to enter it. Um, yeah, I'm just, any ideas on, on reaching out? You know, I, I gave you one last week or two weeks ago, I think. Hey, oh, about, yeah, being available. Yeah, well, we maybe mm -hmm. we could do that here. If anyone's here at the meeting, uh, there are some people here that, that would be willing to stay in touch with you. Christian's one of them. He reminded me of it last week. Maybe, David, you could help set that up. Yep, absolutely. Hang around so, after. Okay. Yeah. yeah, some people wanted to speak more on a one-on-one -on -one level to someone there's i'm sure a lot of people here that would be willing to do it and if david or someone who's the hosting of it could put it together sure. it would be like a service that would be offered at this meeting yeah okay 
Yes. Yeah. yeah so if anyone's willing to, if anyone's willing to do it, like add, add like sponsor or be there as a uh, to to offer advice, then leave your name in the chat, and then we'll have a chat afterwards if you want to hang around. Is that all right? Yes. If just anyone wants to, yep. maybe just have that as availability. Put your names in, and then yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Good. Thank you, Christian. That was that's, that's really good. Thank you. I didn't even think of that. It that's is great. very good. I forgot already about it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm used to you by now. Um, is that it? That that's it. Yeah. That's it from me. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, so good. Okay. I'm 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 raising my hand now. I'm going to ask a question. So um, let's mute David. Mute David quickly. Hey, I'm David. I'm an alcoholic, okay. drug addict, madman. How are you doing? So, um, but, well, first of all, I just wanted to sort of clarify something about, and you've used the term a couple of times, and I just want to just there's a two parts. This is. You, you've mentioned the word non-duality or two words or one word. Um, and I just wanted to sort of maybe there's probably a few people here or maybe a lot or maybe not none of us that just what exactly is non-duality? And um, the second question is, is the alcoholism and the, the addiction thing really a way of us? Is, is that a mechanism for us to awake? Is that the purpose of, of that? Is, is, it a, is that the drive of all these years of, of self-abuse in order for us to awaken in some way? Is, is that... Do you see that? Well, you can see it that way for sure. Yeah. The second one, you can see it that way. If what, if you look at it as a linear thing, yes. So whatever mm -hmm. came before that led to the awakening, yes, it had something to do with leading to the awakening. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, if what was conjured up for you, David, to get to a point of what you would call the spiritual awakening, obviously it was a form of recovery. Yeah. Mm. So therefore, mm. yes, the recovery, you know what I mean? What's mm. first, the chicken or the egg? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I would, I have my opinions about that, but that's for another day Okay. about that event and then the uh what was the first part just a broad brush strokes about what not you've used the, the term non-duality non and i just want to sort of clear if some people might not know what that yeah. is yeah well that's the best attitude to have about it <laughs> it's yeah, not exactly to know right. what it is but yeah uh non-duality is an idea that i got introduced to when i was about seven eight years sober like in the 90s and it's uh it's if you look at the words, it just means not to, yeah, not to. So duality means two. And if you look at life, life is a, a dualistic interpretation: day, night, male, female, yes, no, yes. It's like a binary system. So there's duality, and we seem to live as if that here there's the men, there's something that's moving through us. You would call it the subject, yeah, like awareness or consciousness, and then there's the object. So that's subject object. So there's all this stuff going on and non-duality is just basically saying that's, it's, that's not true. Non means not to. So what, all it means is not to. Where our whole basis of, of interpreting this whole place is based on two, yeah? It's based on separation. It's based on you and me, yes? It's all mm -hmm. based on two. Mm -hmm. And so if you watch a baby when they develop for a long, a long time as a baby, there's no other. Yeah. They don't see the mother as other or themselves as other. Yeah. So 
at that formulative time before the brain develops, they're in that fact of non-duality. There's, you know, they're shitting. They don't know. They're not embarrassed for shitting. <laughs> There's no one there, seemingly. And when that's what I find is so attractive about babies. There's nobody there. <laughs> so then the brain develops, and the brain develops this way of interpretation of living, which can be quite dry, really. But in a weird way, it's like a protective device, yeah, protection. So I see myself as other with the idea that I would probably take my take care of myself better, yeah, yeah which has gone awry mm -hmm. <laughs> because of the obsession with self. Yeah. We've become more self-destructive than anything, but whatever, yeah. Hmm. So non-duality is, uh, is really, if you follow AA, it leads you there. Mm -hmm. Because if you see self as something that's shared, yeah, that there isn't an in individual self. There's something called self that we all share. We just put different names on it, Paul, David, whatever. But it's really a system, a mental system of self-centeredness, yeah? And if, if we're not that and you're not that and there is no self, then that's not two, yeah? So you run into this all the time with... Um, you go to meetings, when I did, I came in with a temp terminal uniqueness of two-ness, really, me and other. <laughs> and I thought no other could understand me, no other thought like me, no other felt like me, no, no other had, had ever done the heinous things I had done. And I was living as that, yeah, which is the, that's like the dungeon of self. It's unbelievable. Mm. And so... I go to meetings and people share what they share their feelings, their thoughts, their what's their reactions in life. And really, after a few months of listening, I came to two conclusions: How do these people get my thoughts, or they're not my thoughts? Yeah. And then I started at this system. It it it's it it, it blows out a, like a, a unique type of spell, but it's really a stock version. Yeah. Everyone has this self-centered system. Some of us have uh, an amplification of it called alcoholism or addiction, which just amplifies the self-obsession, right? We're mm -hmm. extremely self-centered. So al alcoholism isn't the real disease. The disease is separation. The disease is me and other. The disease is I'm a unique doer, thinker, feeler, taster, toucher, yeah, basically. So the root of the problem is separation. We believe we're an independent, separate thing amongst tons of other things that are all vying, yeah, for a limited amount of resources of attention, love, whatever. Yes, all this stuff. So the non-duality, if AA is going to lead you to realize that the idea of self is foreign, yeah, it's a foreign pathogen, or I like to see it as a parasitical movement. Because, but the whole basis of being able to rec to. Uh, entertain freedom was to see that what I wanted freedom was from that not as that and I had been trying to be free as self since I've been six years old pretty much yeah and I've been trying to get out of me as me that's failed completely mm. that's more mm. me than ever yeah mm. so 
the whole idea of non-duality, there was no self to begin with. You don't have to get out of separation. You never truly were separated. We're not, we're not separated by bodies and individualized. We're the same, same juice, yeah? So it's just negating the basis of this whole place, really, and saying not to. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And so for me, it was like we were sharing with Luke before. AA is a path of illumination. Non-duality is the illumination of that path, an incredible illumination of that path, because it's the basis of where you're going to arrive at. The, the exact nature of the wrong is an, is, is an identification as something that you're not. Yeah? Now, it's the identification is what makes that which you're not. There is no what you're not. Yeah? It's what you are being confused and mm -hmm. taking itself to be what it's not. Yeah? And then yeah. starting to live from there. That's what it is. It's a correction. Yeah? So a correction of duality is non-duality. Just a simple not-to-ness. So I know it's, and you don't have to understand it. It's, no. it's, it's a delivery system for something. And I'm telling you, you've all been served a spiritual subpoena, knowing it or not. Yeah. 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 <laughs> because and where does non-duality stop and recovery begin? It's all doesn't there's no stopping and beginning yeah yeah so what you here you go there's a denial of non-duality you live this life you decided as that as the non-duality to realize itself again so let's get really fucked up have to go into a program wake up through these steps and mm -hmm. realize exactly that really i had never left where i wanted to arrive at yeah the spirit has always been spirit. It's always been available at all times. Nothing ever happened to it. I can't be far from it. I can't get closer to it. It's just is, yeah? No matter what I believe or think or feel or whatever you believe and think and feel, it doesn't change the fact hmm. that you and I are of spirit, yeah? Of no thing, of non-two, yeah? That's non-duality in a sense for me. Amazing. Oh, thank you very much. That's great. So um, I don't think there's any more questions. So that was a, a short one. I think everyone's going to digest that. That was awesome. So that was really good. So um, yeah, so uh, we're going like, to, as Paul said, so we'll be back on Tuesday and Thursday next week again. And um, with yeah. all new things. So, and like I said, if you've got any... Um, that thing with the with the being available to others yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to hang around after. So if anyone does want to talk and and, and chat and make some connections and need some advice or you're looking for a sponsor or something, then just hang about. And um, I'm sure we'll, we'll, there'll be, there's quite a lot of sobriety in this room. So I'm sure they'll all hang about. These are the Tom there. I just want to say, I want to say thank you for everyone and for David for providing this platform. Yes. No worries. So, uh, and you know, I don't care about judging the messenger, but let just entertain the message. Yeah. See if it fits. If it if if it resonates or feels like it's so, it just may be so for you. 
<laughs> I mean, there's an obvious reason why you're here and why I'm here. And I'm hoping it's because there's had to be a little bit of a, a serving of a spiritual subpoena. And there you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think actually somebody's got it's, it's James. James is back. James, I'm going to unmute you. If you want to ask a question, mate, go for it. Oh, you got in. You got in he one he more time. In. Real quick, yeah, I had to get in real quick. He I just, uh, I just want to echo, man. This, this is, um, it's really been great for me to. It's, I, I don't know uh, how to go into too much, but it's opened my aperture. These meetings, um, and I'm just. I don't know why, because uh, I used to listen to Paul and go to meetings and blah, 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 and all this, and somehow there was still a sense of of really the self-centered heaviness. And something about the this thing the past few weeks has helped me, without having to chew through it with my mind. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just it's just opened it up from another place, and I'm just really grateful, you guys. So. Yeah. Jeez, and I always <laughs> thanks James. We're have always happy to see you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'd... I'm not seeing, you, but I'm always happy. <laughs> I love you guys. All right, mate. Thank you very much. See you, bro. Yeah. yeah. I just want to say goodbye to everybody. Let me yeah, check sure. it out. <laughs>